what Joe Biden said, okay, on May 23rd, he said in a press conference in Japan with the new prime minister, Fumio Kishida, okay, so he was in Japan on May 23rd. He declared that he would be prepared to use military force to defend Taiwan if mainland China invaded. So that goes beyond what the U.S. has ever said it was willing to do in response to Russia's special military operation. So Joe Biden said in a trip to Asia, and this trip was to, pr to promote the Indo-Pacific economic framework, which there really isn't much to talk about with that. It's a it's a it's a so-called non-free trade agreement. It's something that's likely not even to get off the ground. The U.S. won't make any economic commitments that are worth incentivizing countries like Japan, South Korea, and others to move away from China. But it's all about trying to build the rudiments of an independent supply chain to choke China, to get China isolated economically. So as Joe Biden was doing this, he this is what he said. And, and some were like, oh, that's a gaffe. And the State Department even almost treated it like a gaffe because immediately after he said this, the State Department rolled the comments back. And that was the story that went uh, that went across the corporate media. Of course, Fox News and others, Washington Times and all the right wing publications, right wing, you know, the GOP aligned publications used it as an example to show how kind of feckless and inconsistent Biden is. And the corporate media was kind of the liberal corporate media was kind of doing damage control, saying, "Okay, well, Joe Biden did this, but he's walking it back." But some were even saying that we should believe him, right? The New York Times said we should believe him. The Wall Street Journal said we should believe him that this is a possibility. So that recently happened on May twenty third, okay. And immediately, Joe Biden, State Department, walked it back. But there's something that you all should know about Joe Biden and how he's been talking about Taiwan. This isn't the first time that Joe Biden has said that the United States has a military commitment to Taiwan. And if China invades, then the United States would have to take concrete military action. He's done it two times before. So three, and this is all within the last 12 months. So two times before he's done this, similar thing happened. The White House, State Department, they walk it back. But nonetheless, he keeps doing it. And so it lends, I think, a lot of credibility to the idea that we should be believing Joe Biden when he says this. And now... I want to pull up just a quick article that I think makes a really good case for why this is not just dangerous, but also based on fabrication. So the fabrication is that China is somehow going to invade Taiwan in order uh, uh, to reunify Taiwan with China. And just a quick bit of facts that you should know, China and Taiwan both consider themselves China. And the one China policy states that Taiwan is actually part of China. And that was established to begin in 1972 with the joint communique during the Nixon delegation to China, which led 
to the normalization of relations. So the one China policy is the policy here that Biden is violating. And Taiwan now for so many years, especially it really heightened during the Trump era, has been talked about as almost a separate entity, dare I say a separate state. And this has been very problematic. And Joe Biden's comments only reinforce this very problematic turn. And that turn has also domestically taken form politically with the Democratic Progressive Party, I think it's called. The ruling party in Taiwan is a separatist party. It goes against the status quo, which is the Republic of China that was formed after the revolution when the nationalists fled. They established a, so, a, a kind of bourgeois, quote-unquote, dictatorship in Taiwan. But they considered themselves part of China, the just the rightful government of China, right? They didn't consider themselves separate. And that was actually one thing that Mao and Chiang Kai-shek could agree upon. It was that China's integrity as one civilization, as one country, should be respected. Now, almost everything else they couldn't agree upon <laughs> economically and politically. But those things they could. And so... The one China policy is supposed to stipulate, it was really kind of put into firm, firmer words. It's really not a firm agreement because the United States also follows something called the Taiwan Relations Act, which Jimmy Carter passed, which says that the United States has the right to essentially militarize the island. So the United States has been sending, and I'm going to pull up something later, has been sending just billions upon billions upon billions in military weapons to Taiwan, right? It's, it's an annual kind of expenditure that continues onward. Taiwan receives all sorts of weapons, a lot of them old weapons, but nonetheless, Taiwan is highly militarized, right? So the U.S. has a deep presence in Taiwan, which is very troubling. And this dates back all the way in 1949, 1950, when the U.S. tried to use Taiwan as a launching pad, essentially, for its Cold War with China. The United States panicked after the 1949 revolution because they had been trying to politically maneuver in China during the Second World War and even directly afterward to come up with some kind of provisional government that would not allow the communists to take power, even though that was inevitable in the United States knew that, but they tried to win, they tried to prop up and give the nationalists, the KMT, political room to rule, right? Supported them heavily, supported them heavily in the war against Japan. And eventually the Americans abandoned Chiang Kai-shek because it was a losing cause and the commun the communists, the Communist Party of China was the People's Liberation Army was moving toward victory, right? In establishing the new democracy that uh, uh, Mao talked about. So Taiwan was then used as a launching pad and immediately the US sailed ships through the Taiwan Strait and threatened China with nuclear war. So we can thank Daniel Ellsberg for actually dumping the documents recently. I think that was within the last year and a half violating the Espionage Act and dumping the documents that said, actually, 
the United States threatened China with nuclear war over the issue of Taiwan. So this is a long historical trend, right? That's all about trying to weaken and divide and denigrate and hopefully and ultimately in the eyes of the imperialists, the U.S. imperialists, overthrow the People's Republic of China. And Taiwan has always been at the center of that. And that is only intensified now that there's a separatist government there, a really compliant government there, a local administration that is driving things. So I want to pull up this article because I think it makes some good points about why this is a ridiculous notion to believe that the United States, that China is going to invade Taiwan. And so it was written in the South China Morning Post by a gentleman, uh, Wang Shangwei. And I'm not going to read the whole thing because a lot of the points I just made uh, are kind of repeated in it. So, but he talks about how the U.S. president's remarks on Taiwan only serve to raise suspicions that Washington is moving towards scrapping its policy of strategic ambiguity. That just means that the United States says it follows and adheres to the one China policy, but also says that Taiwan, uh, that it has the right to arm Taiwan and to kind of be politically involved. So there's a strategic ambiguity there. There's not one policy that the U.S. follows. Basically, it means the U.S. is very inconsistent to be kind about it. So it's hard to overstate the implication of his so-called blunders. He should know better than goading China into a military confrontation neither side wants. Neither side wants, he says. So I'm going to go to um, what he's talking about. So he talks about strategic ambiguity. Uh, so he talks about the Taiwan Relations Act, which commits the U.S. to providing weapons and other support for the island if Beijing invades, quote-unquote. So I want to go to the point where he talks about the arguments. So among Washington's policy wonks, there have been rising calls in recent years for the U.S. to scrap this policy and instead state clearly that it would intervene militarily to defend Taiwan in the event of an invasion, the argument being that the U.S. That the might of the U.S. military will deter China because China is on the eve of invading. That's the kind of logic here. So there have been rising concerns about Beijing's assertive stance on territorial issues such as Taiwan and the South China Sea. Such arguments serve no purpose other than inflaming tensions. Beijing has already accused Washington of hollowing out the one China principle by increasing official exchanges and military interactions with Taiwan, which the U.S. tried to avoid in the past on top of selling arms to the self-ruled island. Given the deepening mistrust between China and the U.S., Biden's latest remarks on Taiwan will surely enhance suspicions, yada, yada. So he asks a bunch of questions, but he, then he goes to the false equivalencies. So this is good because this is talking about why it's ridiculous to talk about Taiwan like Ukraine. This is what we need to really look at. So he says it is worth noting that Biden's latest defense pledge is part of efforts to dial up tensions over Taiwan in the context of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Intense discussions in international media seem to give the false impression that mainland China's troops are poised to invade Taiwan at any moment or at least in the next few years. But there have been no signs whatsoever from Beijing that this is the case, not least because launching an invasion of such a magnitude would necessitate not only years of secretive military buildup, but also very public efforts to prepare the population for war. Very reasonable. Taiwan literally sits outside of mainland China. 
Actually, I don't know if you remember the ridiculous air defense zone, the so-called ADZ that the United States has made so much of that it actually encapsulates, it was actually formed by the US and after World War II. But it actually cuts into mainland China. So that's how close Taiwan is to China, the island of Taiwan. So China has never publicly set a timetable for Taiwan's reunification with the mainland. Though some international analysts references President Xi Jinping's grand vision laid out in 2017 for China to become a leading world power by 2035. Given his personal ambitions, these analysts deduce that China, that Xi's Chinese dream must also include reunification of with Taiwan through peaceful means or military force. But common sense dictates that for Beijing to reach its 2035 target, its target to, as I said, become a world power, which it's well on its way, it needs a stable international environment for its economy to develop. Very true. Any premature move on Taiwan and the subsequent international fallout could set China's development uh, back for years, if not decades. China, Beijing's leaders have a much deeper sense of historical perspective when it comes to Taiwan and more stamina than the outside world credits them with to maintain strategic patience. However, China should guard against being goaded into military confrontation with the U.S. with its economic development at a critical stage, a view shared by many Chinese observers. So then he's going to talk about China's intentions toward Taiwan. He says it's enlightening to look at what led the evening news on national television on May 24th, the day after Biden's Taiwan defense pledge, a story about a letter she wrote in reply to an American friend from the state of Iowa. Sarah Land first met Xi in 1985 when he was... A, but a county-level party secretary. He visited her home in the city of Muscatine, which he returned to as a guest in 2012 when he was vice president. In his letter, she said that the Chinese and Americans are both great peoples, adding that their friendship is not only a valuable asset, but an important foundation for the development of, bi of bilateral relations. China's angry response to Biden's latest pledge on Taiwan did not even warn a mention that night on Chinese state television premier evening news program, widely considered the most blah, 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 blah. So anyway, this has some kind of back and forth things, but China's angry. I think it's reasonable to understand why China is angry that Biden would say such a thing. But as this author said there, Xi Jinping has taken a strategic orientation that cooperation with the United States first and I think the point is very good that economic development would be hindered. Look at what happened with Russia. I mean, Russia is, we talk a lot about the ruble. A lot of people have talked a lot about the ruble kind of uh, sky, you know, skyrocketing in value. And that's great. And, and Russia has restructured a lot to be able to withstand the onslaught. But there is no doubt that this crisis has led to problems for Russia economically, right? That this, the seizing of assets... That uh, kind of behavior by the United States and by Europe has had a direct economic impact and it will affect development and it will affect GDP growth. It will affect Russia's capacity to grow. So China wants to avoid all of that, first of all. And as the author said, China has not laid out any specifics, right? We knew, we were suspicious about, but we knew that Russia had been making overtures to the United States and the West saying, we 
are not happy about what's happening with the NATO encroachment, with the way that Ukraine is being interfered upon and its threat to our national security interests, you must talk to us or there will be consequences. That was said many, many, many times. China has never said any such thing about Taiwan other than if something were to happen, China would, of course, do what is necessary. But I think what ends up happening with Taiwan is just like all questions when it comes to China. China is always scapegoated as the principal problem rather than the United States and rather than the aggressors, the imperialists who are interfering in the affairs of Taiwan. They have no why is the US arming and funding and and militarizing Taiwan? It has absolutely no other purpose than to provoke China. But yet we always hear China being talked about in relation to Taiwan as the aggressor, right? So it's this constant mismatching. It's this constant projecting that goes on and on and on to make us believe that China is really the one at fault here. 